to Biblical Tapestry Podcast Season 2, Episode 23 in the Book of Daniel, The Interpretation. Biblical Tapestry is a podcast where we explore how the Bible is its own commentary and how the Gospel is thoroughly woven from Genesis to Revelation. Today in this 23rd episode in the Book of Daniel, now in Chapter 8, the imposing figure of the angel Gabriel now gives Daniel the interpretation of the ram, the goat, and the little horn. Daniel chapter 8, starting in verse 15. While I, Daniel, was watching the vision and trying to understand it, there stood before me someone who appeared to be a man. I heard a human voice calling from the middle of the Uli. Gabriel, explain the vision to this man. So he approached where I was standing. When he came near, I was terrified and fell face down. Son of man, he said to me, understand that the vision refers to the time of the end. While he was speaking to me, I fell into a deep sleep with my face to the ground. Then he touched me, made me stand up, and I said, I am here to tell you what will happen at the conclusion of the time of wrath, because it refers to the appointed time of the end. The two-horned ram that you saw represents the kings of Media and Persia. The shaggy goat represents the king of Greece. The large horn between his eyes represents the first king. The four horns that took the place of the broken horn represent four kingdoms. They will rise from that nation, but without its power. Near the end of their kingdoms, when the rebels have reached the full measure of their sin, a ruthless king, skilled in intrigue, will come to the throne. His power will be great, but it will not be his own. He will cause outrageous destruction and succeed in whatever he does. He will destroy the powerful along with the holy people. He will cause deceit to prosper through his cunning and by his influence. And in his own mind he will exalt himself. He will destroy many in a time of peace. He will even stand against the prince of princes. Yet he will be broken, not by human hands. The vision of the evenings and the mornings that has been told is true. Now you are to seal up the vision because it refers to many days in the future. I, Daniel, was overcome and lay sick for days. Then I got up and went about the king's business. I was greatly disturbed by the vision and could not understand it. All right, back to verse 15. While I, Daniel, was watching the vision and trying to understand it, there stood before me someone who appeared to be a man. The vision that we studied in episode 22 of the ram, the goat, and the little horn was very difficult without context to understand. Now a figure of someone appearing like a man stood before Daniel. Well, who was this? Well, it's not Gabriel as he is introduced in the next verse. It seems this was God himself asking for the explanation for Daniel. Daniel does not seem to fear the angels when he was in their presence, but the appearance of God was terrifying, causing Daniel to fall face down in fear and reverence. This seems to be a natural response of humanity. In Isaiah chapter 6 verses 1 through 5, on the call to Isaiah, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on a high and lofty throne, and the hem of his robe filled the temple. Seraphim were standing above him. They each had six wings. With two they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they flew, and one called to the other, 
Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of armies. His glory fills the whole earth. The foundations of the doorways shook at the sound of their voices, and the temple was filled with smoke. Then I said, Woe is me, for I am ruined, because I am a man of unclean lips. I live among a people of unclean lips, and because my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of armies. He felt he was undone in front of the presence of God. In Ezekiel chapter 1, verse 26, something like a throne with the appearance of lapis lazuli was above the expanse over the heads. On the throne high above was someone who looked like a human. From what seemed to be his waist up, I saw a gleam like amber with what looked like fire enclosing it all around. From what seemed to be his waist down, I saw what looked like fire. There was a brilliant light all around him. The appearance of the brilliant light all around was like that of a rainbow on a cloud on a rainy day. This was the appearance of the likeness of the Lord's glory. When I saw it, I fell down, fell face down, and heard a voice speaking. And then in Revelation chapter 1, verse 17, When I saw him, I fell at his feet like a dead man. He laid his right hand on me and said, Don't be afraid, I am the first and the last, and the living one. I was dead, but look, I am alive forever and ever, and I hold the keys of death and Hades. Therefore, write what you have seen, what is, and what will take place after this. So the response of humanity in front of God is one to fall face down. Verse 16, I heard a human voice calling from the middle of the Ulai. Gabriel, explain the vision to this man. So the voice of God came literally from between the banks of the Ulai Canal, or perhaps something hovering in the air between the banks of the Ulai. And for the first time in Scripture, a holy angel is designated by name. Gabriel was asked to describe the vision for Daniel. Now Gabriel is a prominent angel appearing again in Scripture to announce critically important events in the salvation of mankind. Luke chapter 1 verse 18. How can I know this? Zechariah asked the angel. For I am an old man, and my wife is well along in years. The angel answered him, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God, and I was sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. Now listen, you will become silent and unable to speak until the day these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their proper time. And Luke chapter 1 verse 26, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man named Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. But she was deeply troubled by his statement, wondering what kind of greeting this could be. Then the angel told her, Do not be afraid, Mary. For you have found favor with God. Now listen, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Now the only other named angel is Michael. Michael is called an archangel, 
meaning had power exceeding all other angels. Now we see Gabriel is prominent and important to pronounce the coming of Jesus, but he's not named as an archangel. Verse 17. So he approached where I was standing. When he came near, I was terrified and fell down. Son of man, he said to me, understand that the vision refers to the time of the end. Now Daniel was terrified by the presence of God and fell down prior, not necessarily by Gabriel, as coming in front of Gabriel does not elicit that same response from Daniel and other places. Gabriel begins immediately to explain the vision and the timing. Notice what he calls Daniel. He calls him the son of man. In Hebrew, this is ben Adam, and in this case, meaning a mere mortal, is given this extraordinary vision of the future, and his mortality is brought forward, son of man. However, this seems odd because if the little horn described in detail, it says here, understand the vision refers to the time of the end. If this little horn describes in detail is Antiochus Epiphanes in 160 BC, how could it be the end times? C.F. Kyle notes the time of the end is a general prophetic term, meaning the time at the end of the existing prophetic horizon. Some think this has meaning for both the period of the horrific terror of Antiochus and the end-time Antichrist. Context seems to refer to the period of the second century BC. For example, the Antichrist, as we have reviewed, comes from the ruins of the Roman Empire, and he does not come from Greece. Antiochus certainly was a type of Antichrist, with corresponding actions, including the defiling of the temple and great persecution of the people of God. All right, verse 18. While he was speaking to me, I fell into a deep sleep with my face to the ground, then he touched me and made me stand up. So while Daniel was still face down, he falls into a deep sleep in this vision he's still having. Gabriel touched Daniel and helps him to his feet. Verse 19 and said, I am here to tell you what will happen at the conclusion of the time of wrath because it refers to the appointed time of the end. This term conclusion at the time of wrath means the conclusion of the period of time in this particular vision given to Daniel. Wrath is a derived term from the Hebrew word za'am, means to be indignant. God's wrath is indignation against sin. This will be wrath in this vision against Antiochus Epiphanes and the unfaithful Israelites of what is known as the Maccabean period. This was an appointed time from God, the Lord of history, when this will all take place. Verse 20, the two-horned ram that you saw represents the kings of Media and Persia, the shaggy goat represents the king of Greece, and the large horn between his eyes represents the first king. The four horns that took the place of the broken horn represent four kingdoms. They will rise from that nation, but without its power. This incredibly accurate information on the history to come was given to Daniel. The four kingdoms that came from the Greek empire never did attain the power of the kingdom under Alexander the great, the first horn that was broken. Verse 23, near the end of their kingdoms, when the rebels have reached the full measure of their sin, a ruthless king, skilled in intrigue, will come 
to the throne. This verse is the heart of the vision given to Daniel. This vision was given to Daniel to prepare the Jewish people for the coming crisis and persecution. The rebels are the Jewish people who had rebelled against God's law and God's wrath would fall on them. The ruthless king, skilled in intrigue, is once again Antiochus IV, and history has shown us that he was a skilled politician, ruthless, and a master of intrigue. Verse 24. His power will be great, but he will not be his own. He will cause outrageous destruction and succeed in whatever he does. He will destroy the powerful along with the holy people. When Antiochus took power in 175 BC, the kingdom he ruled was one of the weaker of the remaining four. But through skill and military conquest and intrigue, he attained great power. Just as the Antichrist will be powered by the devil himself, so was Antiochus rise to power, as it says his, his uh, power will not be his own. He will be extremely successful in earthly terms, perhaps, but he will inflict some horrific destruction and loss of life. He would be successful, successful persecuting the people of God, especially anyone that would defy his edict to only worship Greek gods. Those people would be slaughtered. Verse 25. He will cause deceit to prosper through his cunning and by his influence, and in his own mind he will exalt himself. He will destroy many in the time of peace. He will even stand against the prince of princes, yet he will be broken not by human hands. Antiochus was skilled by using deceit to achieve his goals. He would use deceit, and deceit would prosper during his reign. Truth will be trampled to the ground in order for Antiochus to achieve his evil goals. Now, side note, <laughs> that sounds kind of familiar in our modern world today. When truth is not honored, evil will feed on the remains. Now, Antiochus would consider himself superior to all, including God himself. The term Epiphanes was given to himself, meaning God manifested. He was attributing deity to himself, although he was still devoted to Greek gods, he thought of himself as one in addition to the other Greek gods. And he may have lulled or lulled many of Jerusalem into a sense of security, of possible peace, but he ended up still slaughtering thousands in the spring of 167 BC. He stood against God himself by attacking God's people. God would end that not by human hands. Antiochus died in 163 BC after receiving the word of being defeated in Palestine and at the siege of the city of Elimus. He died, but not by human hands. Verse 26. The vision of the evenings and the mornings that has been told is true. Now you are to seal up the vision because it refers to many days in the future. Gabriel assures Daniel this vision will be fulfilled, including the length of the persecution. The vision was to be written down and sealed for its protection. It was not to be hidden. It was to be secured. This vision was to be available for generations to come in the many days of the future. Antiochus would live 400 years after Daniel saw this vision. But look at the effect it had on him. This vision had on him. Verse 27, I, Daniel, was overcome and lay sick for days. 
that I got up and went about the king's business, I was greatly disturbed by the vision and could not understand it. Now, Daniel was very old at the time of the vision, and he was affected emotionally and physically by the vision. The experience had exhausted him, and he even developed an illness. He eventually recovered and went about the king's business for Belshazzar, who himself did not have many years left. God exists outside of our understanding of time. God knows the future. This Antiochus would prefigure the Antichrist, whom is yet to come. But the Antichrist may already be on this earth. Again, hope you enjoy the Season 2 study of the book of Daniel. Next episode 24 in chapter 9, we will look at an incredible vision of the 77s. God bless you today and I encourage you to spend some time in God's Word. Please note that Biblical Tapestry has a Facebook and an Instagram page. I encourage you to please like and share this podcast if you feel that this is deserved. God bless and be well.